Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Motherfuckers say that I'm foolish. I only talk about Jews, do you? Fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? See, I'm influenced by the ghetto you ruined. The same dude you gave nothing. I made something doing what I do through and through and I give you the news with a twist is just his ghetto point of view. The renegade, you've been afraid. I penetrate pop culture, bring them a lot closer to the block where they pop toasters and they live with their moms. Got drop roasters from botch robberies, niggas crotched over. Mommy's knocked up because she wasn't watched over. Knocked down by some clown when child support knock. No, he's not around. Now, how that's Till you jot it down, I bring you through the ghetto without riding around, hiding down, ducking strays from frustrated youth stuck in their ways. Just read a magazine that fucked up my day. How you rate music that thugs with nothing relate to it? I help them see their way through it, not you. Can't step in my pants, can't walk in my shoes. Bet everything you worth, you lose your tie and your shirt. Since I'm no. in a position to talk to these kids and they listen, I ain't no politician, but I kick it with them a minute. Cause see, they call me a menace. And if the shoe fits, I wear it. But if it don't, then y'all are Swallow the truth, grin and bear it. Now who's the king of these rude, ludicrous, lucrative lyrics? Who could inherit the title? Put the youth in hysterics, using his music to steer it, sharing his views and his merits. But there's a huge interference. They're saying you should inherit. Maybe it's hatred I spew. Maybe it's food for the spirit. Maybe it's beautiful music I made for you to just cherish. But I'm debated, disputed, hated, and viewed in America as a motherfucking drug addict. Like you didn't experiment. Nah, nah. That's when you start to stare at who's in the mirror and see yourself as a kid again. And you get embarrassed and I got nothing to do but make you look stupid as parents You fucking do good, it's too bad you couldn't do good at marriage And do you have any clue what I had to do to get here? I don't think you do, so stay tuned and keep your ears glued to the stereo Cause here we go He's chicken, 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 I'm the sinister Mr. Kiss, my ass is just a renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind any given time of day Cause I'm a And welcome to episode 31 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Matt McChesney, coming to you from 6-0 Strength and Fitness. We also call this place 6-0 Football Academy, or The Bridge. We can build it if you will walk it. So, we look for dudes with big, big, big goals, and we build bridges on how to obtain those goals. And uh, we've had a lot of success in the past, and we will have a lot of success moving forward. Check out 60strength.com. This is episode 31 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. And I am your host, Matt McChesney, as always. A little raspy today because I've been hollering at people in the gym all day. That's what you're going to hear behind us, the gym rocking and rolling on this afternoon. All right, we got a lot to talk about. And uh, I, I want to start this off. Uh, talking about our good friends at Wearbands. My, my man Dan uh, and, and his company, Wearbands. The Wearbands system is great for all lateral athletes. Uh, it's been amazing for all the guys in this room. Uh, we, we sell a ton of them, and uh, we got a bunch of guys in Wearbands in the room. 
uh, and it really helps with for, force production off the floor and just making each movement amplifying it just helping it out it's almost like it's weighted and then when you take off the wear bands guys literally fly check out wearbands.com and make sure you use the promo code 6020 for a 20 percent discount or you can come down to the gym and cop yourself a pair uh wear bands brings you our initial three here today uh number one conor mcgregor says he's retired from the uh mma mixed martial arts uh which i mean who gives a shit but great uh, and also, there's allegations of sexual assault that are arising against him, uh, and he's retiring around the same time. So look, uh, I think Conor McGregor's a clown, and he's a sideshow, and whatever. Do I think he's a great fighter? Uh, I think he's a fighter. I don't know how great he is, but I think he's a fighter. Do I think he would last around with legit boxers? Uh... I mean, he lasted, what, eight rounds with, with Floyd? Floyd's a midget. I mean, I think Ali would step on Floyd. I know it's not even close on weight class, but, I mean, come on, man. I think that the MMA is turning in. Look, there's some legit badasses in mixed martial arts, and then there's some clowns that are might as well be in wrestling. So I don't know how I feel about it. My brother... Uh, is a light heavyweight fighter and trainer, Zach McChesney, and, you know, I respect how hard those guys work, and the guys that are really in it because they're warriors, man, I got nothing but respect for them, but I feel like there's some clowns also, and I guess that's with every business, there's a lot of clowns in the NFL as well, so, look, Conor McGregor retires, and good riddance, who gives a shit, uh, move on to the next one, I like the guys that can actually fight and get down, I think McGregor is a product of social media and being, you know, Outlandish and people like that shit, I guess. Uh, college football, or college football, college basketball, Sweet 16. Uh, the the first two rounds were cool, nothing crazy, but they were cool, I guess. Uh, I watched the Liberty game, watched them get their first W against Mississippi State. That was a good game. Uh, the only uh, high seed in the entire Sweet 16 is Oregon. They're 12. Uh, but they're a pretty damn good basketball team as well. So, you know, that, that's a sneaky 12 right there. They get the one seed Virginia in the Sweet 16. Zion Williamson and Duke, obviously, they're good. Uh, they got they got tested uh, against UCF and the seven foot six Taco Fall, um, who can't move his feet very well, but he's a hell of a player. You know, they, they got tested and escaped. UNC got tested and, in in, you know, they were down to a 16 seed at halftime in the game one. They escaped. Talent wins out, man, and guard play wins out. So it be interesting to see what happens moving forward into the Sweet 16 this weekend. But it's been entertaining so far, as it always is. March Madness kicks ass. All right. Uh, and hey, lastly, the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, secured a playoff spot, obviously. They're going to be the one or the two seed, most likely. If they fall to the three, that would suck. Um there's a lot of banter about, you know, what's a successful season. I think this year has been awesome, honestly. Um, you know, with just the youth and the exuberance and the fact that they've gotten so much better from last year, I can only imagine where they're going to be next year and years to come. You could see NBA titles in Denver. I don't want to hear that it's not doable. I never thought that Golden State would win. I was a huge Golden State fan when I was a kid. And I love fucking Chris Mullen and Timmy Hardaway. And, you know, I never thought that they would do shit. You know, they, uh, the old, old school Golden State with, like, the, the old ugly uniforms and, like, the blue with, like, the, the lightning bolt and shit. 
They, I remember them as an eight seed upsetting the Mavericks when I was in college. And my best friend, Sam Wilder, is a huge Maverick fan. He's from Dallas. And that was awesome, talking so much shit. The lowly Warriors upset you, blah, blah, blah. I was on my high horse. Now they're winning titles, and they got all these dudes, and they're one of the dynasties. And I, like, kind of don't like them. I don't know why. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud of the Nuggets, man. I think that they've had a great year, and I think they're going to get better and better and better. Um, and they're going to be a destination because Denver kicks ass number one. They've got a good young core and a great coach that preaches defense first. And just think about this. I know it'll probably never happen, but what if LeBron went to Denver? Oh, my God, the Nuggets would be the Nuggets would be legit as fuck. So, I mean, I, I don't know what that looks like, but if, if I'm LeBron, I at least got to think about it. I know that L.A. is shiny and all that shit, but they're missing the playoffs. First time ever that LeBron's not in the playoffs, with the exception of maybe his rookie season. So that sucks because I love watching the NBA playoffs with LeBron in them because he's a team carrier. And this roster in L.A. is really, really bad, and the Western Conference is really, really good because Cleveland's their, their roster's dog shit, and they're terrible. And he took that roster to an, to an NBA title and the finals every year. So LeBron's great, but he's not good enough to just float a shitty Laker team with no talent I take that back. They have talent. They don't have basketball players. They just got have guys that are good at basketball, if, if that makes any sense. Um, and I don't know if Luke Walton's the right guy. I don't know if Magic and LeBron are going to be able to attract a superstar this offseason. I don't know if Anthony Davis wants to go to L.A. So we'll see. But, you know, if I'm LeBron, I'm going back to the Eastern Conference as fast as humanly possible, honestly. I mean, I don't know why he would want to come west unless he can team up. And the other thing I'll, I'll say about the team-up thing, Jordan had really good teams. You know, getting Rodman and, uh, you know, having, having guys always coming to the Bulls that were role players to help, that's the definition of loading the deck. So there's nothing wrong with getting quality players and winning championships. I hate that people are constantly talking about super teams. Who gives a fuck? The, the goal is to win games and win titles. If I can go get good players and everybody wants to come to my team, well, shit, that's awesome. If I can't get anybody to come to my team, I'm going to suck. So I'd rather, be po I'd rather be popular with the players and I'm popular with the fans because if I'm popular with the players, everybody wants to go there and we're probably going to win a lot of games. If I'm trying to be popular with the fans, you know, shit, man. We'll have some T-shirt giveaways and, like, if we score 120, we'll give away free tacos or some shit like the Flint Tropics, but... I mean, other than that, I'd much rather be popular with the players, and, and that really sets the tone. So moving forward, I think the Nuggets have a very good chance to be a legit powerhouse. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, our NFL free agency and draft banter is brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. Use the uh, promo code 6015 for 15% off any and all product. Um, the NeuroXPF product is an amazing product that I take on the daily. I take the MCT uh, CBD oil pills, the extended releases. I take three of them a day, and they are just lifesavers. They help me sleep. They've essentially replaced Celebrex and Advil and all that bullshit. Um, and my, my joints still hurt, but they feel a lot better than they did. And I'm telling you, this is the tip of the spear with sports medicine. This product is formulated for athletes, by athletes. The great Kyle Turley is the head of this. It's his company. Uh, so check it out again at NeuroXPF.com. That's N. E-U-R-X-P-F.com, the promo code 6015 for 15% off, or you can come down to the gym 
at 7101 South Fulton. Unit G in the warehouse is down here. And cop yourself some Neuro XPF. We've got it on site. And uh, we've got a lot of professional athletes on it. There's no THC in it, so there's no chance that you'll test positive uh, for any marijuana-related testing, which is kind of the point why it's formulated for the athlete. So, right off the bat, uh, Gronkowski retires after nine years. Is he the best tight end in history? I think he's the most complete tight end in NFL history. If I was going pure pass catcher, I'm still going Shannon Sharp or Tony Gonzalez. If I'm going blocker, you know, I'm going winner Ben Coates and, uh, you know, Dwayne House Carswell. And I think Witten was a good blocker, not a great one. Jay Novacek was a great fucking blocker. Guys like that. But if I'm going complete tight end, yeah, I think it is Gronk. To be that big and that physical and that dominating, what him and Trent Brown did to defensive ends and defensive tackles the entire fucking postseason this year, Won them the Super Bowl. I thought that Trent Brown was the best player on the field the entire playoffs, and Gronkowski was right behind him. I mean, I've seen that some of the best plays by Gronk are blocks. There's one where he takes some poor Colt defender out of bounds 20 yards and throws him into the fucking wall. That, that's, that's a tone setter, to say the least. Um, you know, Gronk had a lot of injuries because he's so big and people have to go low on him, and he's taking catastrophic hits. I think that's one of the reasons why he's retiring early. Um, there's not a whole lot of guys that are first ballot Hall of Famers. There's only two of them, and Jim Brown's one of them, that are first ballot Hall of Famers, never playing into their 30s. And I think Gronk is the next. I think he's a first ballot, undoubted Hall of Fame tight end. I don't think that you can write the history of the NFL without talking about how complete of a player he is. Um, it, it, I think it's smart of him to realize how his body feels and honor it. You know, Gronk is one of the few guys that does it his way, remember this, and I don't know if many people know this, but I'll tell you, Gronkowski's never touched his contract money from the NFL. It all goes into a, a bank account or whatever, however he manages his money. He lives off of endorsements, man. I mean, I'm sure he wears, everything he wears is given to him. Everything he drinks or eats is given to him. Everything he drives is given to him. It's crazy. As you make more money, they give you more shit, but He's a real smart dude. Even though he seems like a big meathead, he just loves life, and I respect that. So uh, hats off, Rob Gronkowski, one hell of a talent. I'm glad I got to watch you play, man. And uh, other than playing for the Patriots, you were pretty fucking special, brother. So enjoy retirement and the next phase of your life. I wouldn't doubt if you see Gronk acting one of these days or in the WWE or, I mean, honestly, whatever the guy wants to do, he's going to be able to do. I mean, he could go be a porn star for all I know. I mean, I know he loves those porn stars, so... We'll see how it goes there, Gronk. <clears throat> um, all right, so NFL rule changes. Number one, no more blindside blocks. Now, this is good for the safety of the game. It sucks for the just foundation of the game, though, because as a ex-defensive player, you always have to keep your head on the swivel when chasing. Now you don't. Um, and as an offensive player, the reason that you chase the ball down the field is, number one, to jump on a fumble if someone does fumble. But number two, it's to clean the pile or find some stupid-ass defensive lineman or linebacker that's kind of loafing and not chasing and light his ass up in the year hole. Those are tone setters. And I don't like this rule change, but I understand it. You don't want to hurt guys, and this hurts a lot of dudes, especially on, like, interception returns where now defensive players are blocking. Uh, I've seen a lot of offensive linemen get hurt there. I've seen a lot of defensive players get hurt on blindside blocks. So 
as much as I like it as a fan and as much as I love the vicious nature of football, I understand why they're doing this. Um, now, the next one, the coaches got their way on the pass interference stuff. So now you can challenge pass interference offensively and defensively and non-calls within two minutes. Um, this is a test run. They're going to do it this year. I just I don't have a problem with this as long as it's regulated a touch. Like, I don't want every single penalty challenged, but I understand why the, the coaches want this rule changed and they want the challenge because the fucking refs are terrible, and let's be real. I mean, the refs cost guys games constantly. Arguably, you could have said that it could have been Chiefs New Orleans easily in the Super Bowl this year. The phantom passer or the phantom... Uh, Roughing the passer penalty in Kansas City on Tom Brady, all right? And then the not, no call on uh, the, the Rams DB, Roby Coleman, on, on the New Orleans receiver, which was a blatant pass interference that would have extended the drive and New Orleans would have won the game. So I think that the, the NFL is very reactive. They're not pre proactive. They never think ahead, ever. And this is a reactive move. This is a, oh, my God, how do we make sure the right teams win? And if this is how you have to get it done in order to win games and make it fair, then okay. But if we get to the point where we can challenge everything, I just I don't know if I can watch a six-hour game where the fucking replays are literally on every single thing. What do we need the rest for? Just make everything reviewable and extend the play clock so you can look at every play to make sure what's happening. And if there's a hold, call it and move it back. I mean, it's going to get really fucking lame if that's what happens because it's going to be – the game's going to take forever. They already have a ton of commercial breaks. They've got to find a way to make sure this doesn't slow things down even more because people get pissed off and they start changing the channel. Me, I personally record everything so I don't have to be like a slave to regular programming. I could give a fuck about the commercials and all that because I'm recording it anyway, and I'll just fast-forward through the shit so I could care less. But for the people that watch it in live time, and especially the people at the games, I can see how it would become really annoying. So we'll see how this rule change goes. It only goes for a year, uh, but it, it's needed, so we'll see. Now, from a free agency standpoint, who's won free agency up to this point? The Raiders, the Rams, the Browns, they've been incredible. Um, I, I like the Broncos and what they've done. I'm not saying they've won free agency or anything, but they've done a good job. Um, the Jets have done a hell of a job getting C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell. I'm excited as a Jet fan, but I am very cautious. For the simple fact that people that usually win the offseason don't usually win the uh, regular season. But the Rams have done a good job of retaining free agents and getting better. The Broncos in the past have gonna, done a good job of identifying free agents and getting better, especially the Peyton Manning years. Um, you know, the Broncos getting Jawan uh, James and Kareem Jackson, Callahan, the, the kid from Chicago that's coming over with Fangio. I think that looks like a good pickup at the corner position. You know, it, bringing back Hireman and Kerr, both on veteran backup deals, but still good depth. I like that. Uh, with the and especially losing Pecco, you've got to have somebody there. I'm sure that they're going to address that in the in the draft, the defensive line. And trust me, there's some dudes in the D line, so they definitely can address it. Um, you know, my my only thing with the Broncos is I'm tired of watching them develop 
guys and then letting them walk in free agency and those guys become productive elsewhere. Ben Garland is a perfect example of this in the past. They cut him, he goes to Atlanta, and he's a foundation football player for them. I know he doesn't play for him anymore, but he was there for a long time. Um, you know, this year, Billy Turner. You know, Billy graded out over 80% at right tackle, left guard, and right guard in, in his starts this year, and he showed great versatility. And we went out and, and paid Jawan James instead of Billy. And they were in the same draft cast in Miami and, you know, know each other very well. And I don't like this move. I like Jawan being here, but I would have rather given the $11 million a year to Billy and put him at right tackle because of what he showed last year. And I'm pretty sure the Broncos lowballed him. So they, de- they developed the shit out of Billy Turner. And, you know, they, they put him in position to make this kind of money. So somebody must like his tape a whole lot, Green Bay, i.e. And then they let him walk to the Packers, and the Packers get a really good player who's extremely versatile and very smart from a football perspective and just from a business perspective. I mean, he's a one smart fucking dude, man. The more you talk to Billy, the smarter you know he is, and he's always thinking and putting himself in the best position. And he put himself in a great position here with a great franchise and a great quarterback. So if he can be the answer on why, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers stops getting hit in the face and he can lock down the right tackle position, which has been a huge problem for the Packers. Bakhtiari is a great player for Green Bay. Great player. David's a stud. But they've had a revolving door at right tackle, kind of like the Broncos. And hopefully, Billy Turner can be the, the key for them. They have Bulaga and all these other guys that couldn't get healthy. You bring Billy Turner in, and I'm telling you, he's going to solidify that that for Green Bay, and they're going to move forward. So I don't like developing guys and then letting them walk. Bradley Roby is an example of this. I was talking to uh, some of my guys that played with the Broncos about this today, that, you know, there's bringing in and, and paying a guy like Callahan. Fangio's obviously comfortable with Callahan, and they like him on tape. Roby just, I think he, he blew his opportunity to be here long term because of the fact that he can't play hard. Like, Roby, in the Raider game and the Jet game, two games that were embarrassing for the Denver Broncos, to say the least, man, Bradley Roby played like shit, number one, and his lack of hustle really bothered me, and I know it bothered Broncos country, and it obviously bothered John Elway, and I think it bothered the NFL because he got a one-year contract in Houston. So if Roby's going to be a one-year contract guy, I mean, that, that's, that doesn't speak very highly to his character as a football player. So he should, have be, he should have been gotten fucking paid this year rather than being on a one-year contract. That's just ridiculous. So, I mean, moving forward when you're talking about the Denver Broncos and what they're going to do, I, I like the, the guys that they brought in in free agency. I think that they have a lot of potential to be good fits in this uh, program with Fangio, especially especially because they're going to focus more on the run game. First-year offensive coordinator, you go get Flacco for a fourth-round pick. You still have nine, ten draft picks this year. When are they going to focus on it moving into the draft? Um, I think it's very simple. I think we really, really need to look at the safety position because Justin Simmons is going to be either franchise next year or we're going to give him a contract. And this is a huge year for Justin Simmons. You've got to figure out how to replace a guy like Stewart. Is Sua Craven's going to be on this team or not? So at the best safety in the draft, I don't know who that is, but I think last year they kind of missed on the opportunity to pick the kid from Florida State that ended up going to the Chargers, Mitchell, who's a stud. Uh, but, but it is what it is. They got a great pick with Chubb. 
they got to look at the strong safety position and, and see if they can solidify that in the draft early. They got to look at middle linebacker. I love the white kid from LSU. I think he's an absolute baller. But I wouldn't put it across them to get a guy in the third or fourth round, uh, the kid from Washington, 25, the undersized linebacker, Beta Kane. He is a stud. I love that kid. And when you can find some really good football players in those rounds. Josie Jewell's a, a perfect example of that. Yeah, he's limited in coverage, but he's a hell of a run stuffer. So we'll see what happens there, but they've got to address those two positions and then the defensive tackle position. They get Wolf back, and I think you have to have him back just from a veteran leadership standpoint. Um, we'll see how that goes. He's been beat up, and he's getting a little older, and his production's down. He's not surrounded by DeMarcus Ware anymore, so that hurts everybody. Uh, but Chubb has developed into a hell of a player, so I think having those got Chubb and, and – and Wolf and Vaughn there, you've got a lot of success with those three, especially Vaughn and Wolf. They've got rings. They know how it's done. Um, you got to find a nose tackle. If one of these defensive linemen fall, I'm sure that the Broncos would be happy to pick them. If the William kids fall or, or if they love a guy, they can go get them. Uh, you know, Elway hasn't been huge on picking a lot of Alabama players, but there's a lot of good Clemson defensive linemen in this draft too. So we'll see. Do they pick a quarterback? I don't know if they picked a quarterback. I don't know if they need to. They went out and got Flacco. I guess it's on a one-year trial, and I'm sure he's going to put everything he can into getting a long-term deal here. I know he wants to play till he's 38, 39, 40, so that's about six more years. The guy's 34 right now. I know people scoffed at Elway when he said, you know, Joe's in his prime, but I think he is. I think Joe is absolutely in his fucking prime. And he's one of the best play-action throwers in the game, man. I mean, he can thread the needle off play-action, so... You give him the opportunity to stand tall in the pocket and we can run the football down people's throats. And I know that's what they want to do at Dove Valley. I'm telling you, Broncos country. I was in here with Phil Lindsay the other day. We were watching tape like we do routinely. And Phil looked at me dead in the face. It was just the two of us in the room. And he said, Coach, all I want to do is win a fucking Super Bowl, man. I'm so motivated. And I'm telling you, I got goosebumps because I know he's dead serious. And... The guys over there are motivated, and Flacco's done it before. And I like I like the people they brought in, especially Kareem Jackson, to solidify the secondary. He's a tackler first, very hard-nosed player for nine years in the National Football League. I love the way he plays. So I, I think that they're going in the right direction. It's going to be tough because I'm telling you, man, the AFC West is a fucking landmine-filled division, to say the least. If you slip up, you're going to get your ass kicked. The Raiders are getting better. They go out and get Antonio Brown and Trent Brown and all these dudes. They're talking about drafting Drew Locke, number three, and what does that mean for Derek Carr, blah, 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 blah. I even think with Carr they could be special next year. Gruden's just going to get them better and better. They need to draft a pass rusher, and I hope they don't and make a stupid Raider move and let that kid Allen fall to 10 so we can pick him. You can never have enough of those guys. Um, the Chargers are only going to get better until Phyllis Rivers, that's what I said, Phyllis, retires. The Chiefs, we know what they are. They're, you know, a, a personal foul away from being in the goddamn Super Bowl. So we're in the best division in football, in my opinion, especially in the AFC. So we're going to have to get better quick. And I like the move to get Flacco. Elway's is always aggressive trying to improve his team, and you can't really fault him for that. What do you want him to do, sit on his hands and just ride with Case Keenum? Let him try and improve the football team. He got the best quarterback on the market, Joe Flacco, and he did it quick so there was no way anybody else could step in and grab him, and I dig it. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to waste any more of your time here on Episode 31 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. 
I'm your host, Matt McChesney. We like it short and simple here on episode 31. We'll get back to you on episode 32 after the weekend and the Sweet 16, and we'll continue our draft talk and everything else moving into next week. Remember, check out 60strength.com and also check out at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram.